Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very accomplished professional from Geneva, Switzerland, Mr. Jacob Bovin. Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Jacob is a, a co-founder of leading to results. He's an executive coach and he's a consultant. So Jacob, before we talk about leading to results, tell me about your own amazing journey. Yeah. So, so um, in a nutshell, so, so I'm, I'm Swedish. I moved to Switzerland very early at the age of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father got work here and, um, but then spent a considerable time in the U S and as I like to say, that explains why I do not have the typical Swedish uh, uh, English accent. Yeah. Um, I then started my career um, at HP uh, back here in Geneva and Switzerland. I did about nine years in in IT. Found that that was I worked in a very cost centric, uh, cost uh, you know based environment, and I wanted to move something more developing business and so on. And I found a chance to move to the printing industry mm. uh, in production digital printing. Um, and I spent nine years there. I stumbled into the photo industry when it was really tumbling because of digital photography eliminating the need for processing film yeah Uh, and we had a machine to print photo books and we built a business around that which is today multiple hundreds of millions of dollars Mm. for hp right time right place you know one of those hockey curve moments Mm -hmm. and and there i was so and i was passionate about photos so all things kind of fell into place i did that for five years and then managed the business part of Europe. Mm. Uh, then I moved into packaging industry. Um, again, I've I've kind of moved laterally and into different areas to keep mm. myself stimulated, motivated. And in the packaging industry, I had the chance to work for Bobst, who is a manufacturer of equipment to basically go from a sheet of paper into something, you could, a box that you can put something into. Mm. And I had the chance to lead the largest uh, ever development project of a digital printing machine, which mm-hmm. was a monster. It was a um, 150 feet long, 225,000 pounds monster machine to, to print digital. Mm. Um, and then my last corporate stint was was basically um, running a global business unit uh, in the uh, in the coding industry. So putting expiration dates actually on food products, which is a four billion dollar industry most wow. people don't know about. Mm. So that was kind of my last thing before turning into leading to results. Amazing. So now let's talk about leading to results. Tell me about uh, leading to results and what uh, are you you know, handling in in this organization. Yeah, so maybe a couple of words about uh, what what kind of spurred the the, the creation of that. You know, I had a 25-year career. Mm -hmm. uh, And and three years ago, I said, you know, there's a couple of things I've seen consistently. One is people Mm -hmm. and and exploiting, uh, not exploiting, but uh, maximizing the potential of Mm -hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And and often I was given teams who, who I was told, you know, this person there is not right. They're not doing a good job. Bah, bah, bah. And every time, almost, mm-hmm. I would see somebody who was not given the right tools, nor the right environment, nor the right belief in them to actually perform. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing I, I observed a lot through my career. The other thing was a passion for execution. Mm-hmm. So I contend that if you have any business, any business endeavor, and you perform the basics of that business better, mm. you will outperform anyone. 
Okay. okay. Um, and, and, and those two things kind of spurred this idea of doing something new. So 25 year career, I said, let's do something else for the next 25 mm -hmm. years. And I found it leading to results. Fascinating. And what key qualities do you believe, uh, Jacob, are essential for a successful leader in today's world? Um, that's a great question. One I spend every day trying to answer uh, with leaders uh, together. Um, I think at the center of that, I would put the ability to to create and build trust. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and um, and and you look at any leadership model, trust is at the foundation. And I like to say, if you think about yourself or anything you've done, without trust, we can't actually do anything. You know, if we don't trust our ability to walk forward, we're not going to be able to walk. You know, we have to build that trust. If we don't trust our ability to engage people, we can't do it. So trust is fundamental. Then I, I've, I, you know, I've given this a lot of thought over time, and you know, there's kind of the the standard set of criteria. But criteria that come to mind for me are being inclusive. Okay, so so we we need to have a much more inclusive mindset uh, mm -hmm. as leaders today. Realist is one of my favorites because I think I've seen a lot of leaders who just go out on a tangent that's completely off target, mm -hmm. and, and basically damage uh, the organization or teams they work with. Being humble is another one um, that's absolutely key. Mm -hmm. And then maybe linked to realist is also um, the last three points that I want to evoke are around staying on course. Okay, so so seeing the, the leaders I've worked with and four that were truly exceptional were those who said, no, we're going to go there. And they went there for a long time mm -hmm. and they transformed industries. Mm -hmm. And with that comes clarity and the ability to prioritize a couple mm -hmm. of other things I think are absolutely fundamental. Very interesting. And uh, Jacob, how important is setting clear goals and expectations from the team? And where does accountability lie? Yeah, so um, good good question. So, so I, I think... Um, you know, setting clear goals is is absolutely fundamental. Okay, mm -hmm. so so I'm I'm one of these people who've been I've spent a lot of time leading sales organizations or even being in sales myself, and I realized this obsession about the goal mm -hmm. was absolutely key in actually reaching it. However, I was rattled recently when I read James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits, because mm -hmm. he has a statement in there that just kind of made me rethink a lot about how I look at goals, and he says. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your system. Mm. And that hit me very hard. So I still believe goals are very important, but I realize it's a system that matters. Mm. And especially as you're running your own business, and you know this as an accomplished business executive yourself, if you don't have a good system, you don't have a chance to get to the goal. So mm. I think the two work together. And then to answer your second question there about accountability, mm. You know, I think about that. It's interesting. We talk a lot about accountability. And I'm going to evoke a word that might not sit there naturally, but mm -hmm. it's emotions. And why do emotions come into play? It's because that for somebody to be truly accountable, you need them to be committed to a goal. Mm -hmm. For somebody to be committed to a goal, they need to have made, they need to have an emotional stake in there. Right. So that means that they're part of designing that goal, defining what they're going to do and how mm -hmm. they're going to get there. So that's accountability for me. And then the leader has a crucial role, which is to follow up. Right. If you kind of let things go and never follow up, people that you lose that element of accountability. Great response. Thank you. And what role does self-awareness play in effective leadership? And how do you help leaders develop self-awareness? Yeah, so so uh another <laughs> it's another one of, of, of my favorites. And um 
you know, if, if I had prepared the list of questions <laughs> we would talk about today, I would have made these questions. I think okay. that they're so good. They're so good. So, so I think it's fascinating. Um, but self-awareness is fundamental, right? And one of the things we talk about um, uh, extensively in leadership is the fact that there is a study that says that only about 15% of people are self-aware. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about that for a moment. So if only 15% are self-aware, that means I know which bucket I'm in. I'm in the 85% for sure, right. statistically. And 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 the, the, the challenge then is you cannot grow if you're not self-aware. Mm-hmm. In my view, it's impossible. So then you ask me, how do you do that? Well, you need, you know, and 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 I I'm getting as as I'm kind of new in this after three years, but I'm getting more forceful about that. You really need 360 feedback, right? Mm-hmm. You need people to tell you how you perform. Right. And then you need to be ready to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to embrace the feedback. And there, there's the Marshall Goldsmith model of stakeholder-centered coaching, where there's a very deliberate methodology that he involved to say, give me one thing I, or, or give me the feedback. I identify one thing I'm going to change, and I'm going to be accountable towards you, dear team, that I'm going to make that change. Then you go all the way. That's how you change behavior. Um, and and But it's hard. It's very, very hard. Because it's scary. You know, we don't really want to hear the things that we're not good at. Correct. Correct. I agree. Completely agree with you. And what strategies have you found most effective in building and leading high performance teams? Um, so, you know, as I think about this question, I really go back to think about my journey. Um, and, and and again, my journey is a lot about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and motivating people to see the value they bring in 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 easier and less easy context. You know, mm-hmm. when you're building a new business that's growing at three to 500%, it's pretty easy to motivate. Right. <laughs> when you're taking over an organization that's seen as a cost center that people don't really think is important, it's a different ballgame. But motivation and engagement is fundamental, right? To saying that there's value you bring here and what is the value, the purpose? How does that connect to the broader organization mission? That's key. I mentioned trust before. Don't need to go back there. You need trust. For me, trust has been through transparency and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I was never the smartest person in the room. Um, and um, and then from there, from those foundations, I would say you need a very clear strategy. You mm-hmm. need the ambitions, goals we talked about. Right. And then what's the model I foresee then? So the model I work with today is basically to say, we need to be clear about what we deliver. So what are we going to do? The second thing is we need to be clear about what is the governance model, how we're going to manage the process of delivering what we're going to work and going to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the hard dimension, if I may call them that. Right. The soft right. dimensions are then who are the personalities here? Who are we as people? Mm-hmm. Do we understand each other? And the last piece of that is how do we behave? Mm-hmm. What is our collective behavior? What are the behaviors that we want to live up to as a team? to actually perform in an outstanding manner. Great response. Thank you. My next question, uh, Jacob, is what, in your view, is the impact of emotional intelligence on the success of leadership? Yeah, so interesting. I did publish an article about that uh, uh, that included EQ as as a fundamental component Mm. uh, of success, right? And... um, I think, you know, thinking about the first element, which is having cognitive empathy, or in simple terms, understanding others' emotions is absolutely key, I think, to be really effective as a leader. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's a clear part of EQ. We put that into the EQ uh, uh, into emotional intelligence formula, right? Um, and, and and why is that key? Well, basically because because of what I mentioned before, right? The emotional element has a, a, a key factor to play in anything you do. It's going to intervene. So if we're not sensitive to, to that um, or capable to understand other, each other's emotions, um, that then we're going to struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's a, there's an interesting study, interesting study in, uh, by Google, right? The, um, uh, the project they did on teams, mm -hmm. um, they found that teams that perform really well are those that have this emotional, um, understanding the empathy to understanding how far can I go with somebody else mm -hmm. before it, it creates a negative friction. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the, 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 the managing people and, and, and relating to people um, is a key dimension. The other one is this emotional re regulation side of uh, emotional intelligence, which is, you know, I am self-aware of my emotions. I understand when those are going to interfere, but I also manage them. So when I have extreme stress, and we've all been there, right? We've been in those situations where we are so stressed, we do not know how to handle ourselves, how to actually manage that. So mm. it doesn't start to inhibit my performance. And then simpler, sim hard things, but are simple to point at, which is mm. managing anger, for example. If you okay. have an anger problem, you, you, you're not going to do very well. Mm. Well said. My next question, Jacob, is uh, tell me a little bit more about the relationship between leadership and personal values and ethics. Yeah, so 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 I think there there are two sides of the same coin. Right. Okay. Um, I think authenticity is key. Uh -huh. Um, and and you know my simple way to think about this is, the closer you are to your true self, mm -hmm. the better you can lead. Right. Okay. Uh, but again, we come we, we, we come back to that aspect of self-awareness. If my true self or certain aspects are going to be negative leadership, I need to understand, you know, how those play out and how I need to change us. Right. So so I think, you know, but 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 we need I don't think I don't believe in the world where we can separate the two things. You know, the closer we can't be somebody in private life and somebody leaving, leading. Of course, it's not the same requirements. But those foundations you talk about, the personal values and ethics. There needs to be a same foundation and you need to see how that transcends those two worlds. Amazing. My next question is on, uh, you know, mentorship and coaching, and you are an executive coach. What role does mentorship and coaching play in development of leaders? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think it, it, plays a very fundamental role, right? So so I think we, um, you know, we, we I, you know, I come back to this question of self-awareness quite a lot, but, but, but it's, you know, it's hard in, in a busy executive life mm -hmm. where we're running 200 miles or kilometers per hour for that mm -hmm. matter, you know, we don't have time to take time out. So what happens is that we kind of go, 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 mm -hmm. and we never stop. So we never have time to see ourselves in the mirror. What a professional coach, you know, the ICF type coaching that I do mm -hmm. does is provide that mirror. So it's almost, uh, as as one of my, my peers says, um, it's give us the opportunity to hear what we think, mm -hmm. okay? Not what somebody else thinks. Mm -hmm. And 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 if you do 
um, if you have an executive coach to work with, I think you create the time and space for do that, for doing that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that's why coaching is so popular and so widespread today. But but I, I'm biased, of course, because I do that. That's my profession. But but I can't imagine an executive who doesn't work w- mm-hmm. with with the sounding board, and especially a neutral sounding board, somebody who really can come in and just and and just play that sounding board without trying to put direction, directive, or yeah. opinions into it. Yeah. You're so right. Over the last few years, coaching has become extremely widespread. You know, mm. you're so right about that. But my next question, Jacob, is that most of us are now living in such diverse countries, multiple uh, you know, time zones and so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, how can a leader foster a culture of accountability and responsibility? within an organization, more so with flexible work uh, environments now? Hmm. Um, so so I think it's it's Deming who said, um, you know, the, 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 who started kind of the quality moving and said, you know, the people that are in the best position to decide how to do things are those closest to the work, right? right. Or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And so why do I mention that is I think you foster accountability by Mm -hmm. making sure that people feel responsibility and ownership Mm -hmm. of what they're doing Mm -hmm. right so so they feel that you know i need to do this because it's important Mm -hmm. okay um so so that means that so so there's a number of things that come into play right so so and then it doesn't matter where you work i've worked remote uh without a boss around for the vast majority of my career Mm -hmm. I never needed somebody to tell me what to do right? because I had clarity of the purpose, where I was going, my contribution. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, then to make sure that people take responsibility and accountability, I need to make sure those ingredients are there. Mm. And that takes a lot of hard work. So, but I've also been in moments where I was like, I just kind of threw it out there and hoped that it would work. And I'd find out that people, it wouldn't work for some people because I didn't do that job of a leader to make sure that people had that clarity. Uh, and once you have that clarity, you can set goals. Say, mm. here are the goals. Here's what we need to go. Yeah, do we agree? Yeah. Okay, go. Go and do it. And I will help remove the obstacles for you to make you successful. And right. by the way, if you fail, that's if 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 you fail, it's okay. You know, mm. we'll learn, we'll see why you failed, and then keep on moving. Well said. Well said. Uh, two or three more questions now. Uh, can you share some insights into your approach to work-life balance as a leader? Yeah. So uh, again, I smile when you ask this question because it, it's it's uh, certainly one uh, one very very high on on my list, right? Mm-hmm. And and I would say I would go so far as to say I've probably made uh, career compromises mm-hmm. not to uh, what should we say kill the work life balance, mm-hmm. right? In terms of certain roles before the world of Zoom or the world we're in together now, mm-hmm. um, that quite extensive travel and so on. I said, I'm not going to go there, right? So mm-hmm. I've always been quite aggressive in terms of work-life balance mm-hmm. and uh, and made some career compromises. So so I think th- that's it. Of course, there are up and downs. There, there are times where it's been absolutely crazy and worked very hard, right? right. So I, I think what we see today, and I think that there's there's a you know continuous growing uh, understanding for that, that, that we need balance, right? Because otherwise... Um, you end up in a situation where people are burning out, right? And I work with a lot of leaders and teams that have that situation. 
in their teams. Mm. And of course, it's part of the reason, leader's responsibility to see that and understand we have to do something. Uh, but it's tough because we are programmed as humans to think that if we work harder, 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 we will do more, more, more. Mm. And that harder, harder, harder gets to a breaking point, And we need to become aware of that. Mm. And how do I manage it? Well, simple. You know, I, I prioritize, have, uh, you know, sports, physical activities, social activities, my friends and vacation. Mm. You know, I'm religious about doing, you know, at least six weeks of vacation every year. And I've been like that for 15 years. Wow. Fantastic. Two more questions for you now. Mm-hmm. What do you envision as the future of leadership in a rapidly changing world? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's an important question and it's it's um it looks like a question we ask every day but i think it's it's an evolving question mm-hmm. and i think you know the the first one is and i think that in the context of of the socioeconomic and and conflictual situation we live especially here in europe but everywhere there's conflict right but i think there's needs a human a strong human element right mm-hmm. uh and having empathy Right. So if we look at polarizing conflicts and ideas, uh, the only way to get around that is empathy for the other person. So mm. empathy is key mm. in terms of actually going somewhere, getting somewhere. We need focus. You know, so, so I mentioned that earlier. I think there's a huge potential to get distracted mm. and, you know, do what looks cool, looks great or looks sexy from an investor mm. perspective, but doesn't really pay off. So focus is key. Right. Um, and then balance, we just talked about, I think is a key ingredient. And then last but not least, I think the term that comes is is a more holistic mindset, right? So we need to look at not just our business, but start thinking about the whole planet, the whole society that we're living in and where do we want to take that? And I think that is going to be a fundamental shift. Yep. It's going to take time still. But within if we have this conversation in 10 years, I think that holistic piece is going to be uh, you know, foundational in the leadership dialogue. Yeah, very well said. And my last question to you, Jacob, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Mm-hmm. Based on such an amazing career that you've had, and then you have now become, uh, you know, an, an entrepreneur, a coach, and a consultant, what would you say are three lessons mm-hmm. you would want our viewers and listeners to take away? Yeah, so so uh, that's a tough one, <laughs> but three is a good number, you know. So so I think that the first one is that, you know, I talk to leaders about the fact that it's a lifelong journey, right? Mm-hmm. And the great leaders that I work with are those that are hungry to learn, even when they've been there for thirty years, mm-hmm. they've been CEO for ten years, mm-hmm. they're still looking for that edge. Mm-hmm. And but that is whether you're a CEO leader or an individual, that learning journey is something you should embrace. That's the only right. way to grow and keep stimulated. Yeah, I think that's key. The second lesson I would say is, and I'm going to use a Covey um, quote here, Stephen Covey, uh, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the more powerful things that ever been said. Mm. Um, there's two sides of that equation. It's like we mm. must understand others. What is their mm. vantage point? What is their reality? Have empathy for that. And then we need to make time to understand, make sure that person understands our point of view mm. as well, that they listen to us. Mm. Um, and then last but not least, um, is is of course my area of focus, key area of focus, which is around teams. Mm. You know? We don't do anything without teams mm. and we need to build that trust, mm. uh, be able to have that real dialogue between ourselves mm. as members of a team, confront each other in a productive manner, mm. 
to come to the right outcomes for the individual, the team, and the organization. Mm. And that I think is something we need to continually invest in and mm. to make sure we 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 get the results we want. Well said. And on that note, Jacob, and your three wonderful lessons. Life is a, it's a lifelong journey. Uh, have the hunger to learn. Second, I loved Stephen Covey's comment, seek first to be understood, then to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And the third one you said was teams matter, build trust and dialogue. Thank you so much for speaking to me about so many different aspects of leadership, about so many different aspects of goal setting, self-awareness, uh, and so many different uh, perspectives of emotional intelligence and how leadership will look in the future. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.